Good afternoon, everybody. Um, this is my third episode for you guys during quarantine. I know quarantine is slowly lifting up. My parents are still being pretty strict on it, so I've still been home almost all day every day. Um, but I hope you guys are doing well. Today I decided to talk about kind of how the hospitals are looking right now. Um, my mom and my other family members work in hospitals and then my sister is a student in the medical field and then also I just know a lot of people who have been in hospitals as patients. So me personally I thought it's been really interesting to see how each hospital is handling things differently. Um, what it looks like kind of in the hospital now, just the changes they've been having to make. So yeah, I'm just going to talk about the, not only the employee, the doctor um, perspective of this, but also the patient because I think it's very interesting. So yeah, let's just jump right in. The first person I would like to talk about is my mom because she is obviously very close with me. I live with her every day. So I've seen very closely. I've helped her figure out her online stuff. Um, both my parents have been ha- have been working from home, but my dad's not in the medical field. My mom is a psychologist, so on a daily basis, she sees multiple client or not clients. I'm, it's more like patients. <laughs> that would be the right word. My bad. Um, and just meeting with them to, she works with pain management. She works at Center Point in North Kansas City Hospital, so she works with. Stim- Spinal cord simulation patients, bariatric patients, um, disability patients, stuff like that. So daily she just sits in her office and she talks and just has conversations with people to try to help them out the best that she can, um, as well as working closely with her co-workers, with her secretary, with the other doctors in her office. Um, She often has drug reps come in and bring them lunch. So you can only imagine that the workplace looks a lot different now. Whenever COVID um, and all the stay-at-home orders set into place, she started working from home. They were not used to working from home, obviously, so they had to mess around with what the best way was going to do that. So they ended up using three different platforms, Um, and it was kind of just a mess. They made it work, but it's just not the same. Um, As soon as my mom got used to working from home, they were like, all right the orders are lifted back into the office so yesterday was her first day back in office um, and she had to wear a mask but not only a mask did she have to wear the full plastic face guard um, which just like I understand doctors and surgeons and everything have to wear those all day every day but to be a psychologist who usually just has a regular conversation with people it's definitely a drastic change and she did not like it um So that's something she's going to have to get used to. And then the patients, she's working with medicated patients. She's working with, I don't know the nicest way to say this, but just patients who need help. So them having to wear a mask too can cause a lot of issues. Yesterday she had um, a man who almost had a panic attack. So a lot of things to overcome. So not only being the employee in a hospital, my mom, Um, is also sort of seeing the patient side of it Um, in December she had to have a surgery down in Texas and for this specific surgery they need an MRI every so months it is currently time for her checkup MRI and she has to go down to Texas again um, 
the hospital she was at was MD Anderson, very, very great hospital, but they need her there for the MRI. So we've currently been switching our plans of how to get down there for the MRI and what was going to be a very easy, almost fun trip. We even planned on, because it's around the same time as her mom's birthday, we were even planning on doing a road trip and going to Magnolia and making it fun is quickly turned into a, how are we going to do this the safest way, the quickest way, the cheapest way possible? Um, as for restrictions, I thought MD Anderson was a good website to go back to just because of, um, that's where we are going. And it's also a very large hospital from what I could find just by research. They are asking their patients about recent travel history, exposure, and whether they have been tested for COVID or not. Um, if they are showing symptoms of a fever, sore throat, coughing, shortness of breath, chills, muscle pain, headache, um, and like loss of taste or smell, then they will be tested. Any patients will be tested um, by a nasal swab. If they show you those symptoms just so they can see what their patients are doing, you know what I'm saying? Um, the for travel in what states um, are being restricted. Any um, patients that live in California, Connecticut, New Jersey, New York, Washington State, Atlanta, Detroit, or Chicago, or Miami will be asked to self-quarantine. So I personally found that was very interesting. Um, MD Anderson has a lot of worldwide patients. Whenever we're there for surgery, you see everyone from all over the world. So I'm not surprised they had to put that in place, but I do find it's interesting. As for visitor restrictions that MD Anderson has, again, this is probably very similar for almost all hospitals, but just to pinpoint one, um, pretty much no visitors are allowed except for one patient, I mean one visitor for either pediatric patients, adult patients with neurocognitive cognitive issues and are unable to consent for themselves basically um on the website that i was reading they mentioned that they're going to have extra employees on site to help patients travel between appointments this makes so much sense for this hospital because that hospital is huge and i remember when i was waiting for my mom to get, get out of surgery like you could walk the entire time she was in surgery and probably never walk in the same place twice it is a huge 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 hospital um, so that is good that they have employees on site, but they also were, were encouraging patients to bring smart devices so they could still connect um, with their loved ones by phone or video conference, which I thought made sense, but it's still just obviously not the same as having someone there to help you. Secondly, I would like to talk about one of my aunts. She is not only a nurse, but she's also a mother. Um, so she has three young girls. And over the summer, she was unfortunately diagnosed with breast cancer. So she had been dealing with that all summer, chemo, radiation, everything. She was finally clear of COVID, I mean, not COVID, of cancer. So this was the time when she was having a reconstruction surgery. Um, my uncle, her father was very, very supportive with that every single appointment with her. Um, and that quickly changed when COVID set in place. So she had to start going to these appointments by herself, which is obviously it's hard, but I've just personally thinking about like having someone there every time to all of a sudden having no one is a whole nother level 
of stress to add on to. Not only am I gonna get sick at this appointment, am I gonna get sick and take it home to my kids and my husband and then am I gonna, like you're just putting yourself at a huge risk. Um, so I couldn't even imagine what she's going through. On top of having reconstruction surgery, she also found out that she was pregnant with their fourth child. Um, again, having a very supportive family. She's used to having every single um, appointment, having someone with her. So to go from having that to no one is definitely very hard. And not to say it's better for um, second, third, or even fourth time mothers. Um, but think about a first time mom having to go to these appointments all by herself. I know I could not and never want to experience that. Um, <laughs> something kind of funny. So she is a nurse, as I mentioned, and she wanted to find out the gender of the baby. So she took her own blood work and sent it in. Wonder Woman out here, I know, um, to find out the gender of the baby, which I didn't, I didn't even know you could do. Um... But yeah, so besides Rachel, Rachel just being a patient in not only one way, but two ways, she is also, she was an ER nurse and then she took another test to become an RN and just passed it. And she actually got a job opportunity to go to a different state, move to a different state and get paid a ton, a ton, a ton of money, which they are, I mean, they're a family of three soon to be four kids. She hasn't been working. Her husband doesn't make a ton of money. Um this money would be very helpful for them and she would be saving lives something that she loves to do and is very passionate about but she did end up declining the offer which absolutely blows my mind and i think it kind of puts in perspective how scary this virus is it is just like going to war the doctors and the nurses who are working in these units are just like they're going to war this i mean i know a lot of strong women in my life but rachel is as I said earlier, literally Wonder Woman, I've never seen her act like she's not okay. I've never seen her say no. I've never seen her quit. She goes, 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 and is always a strong woman. And I understand that behind closed doors, things look differently, but that's just kind of how she is. She never says no. She keeps going. I mean, she got her, she passed her R in class while being a stay-at-home mother of three while recovering from breast, breast cancer while grieving the loss of her mother. So to me, that kind of puts in perspective how serious this virus is um, and how scary it is for frontline workers. It's, if not worse than war. Someone else I'd like to talk about is my sister. This is kind of a different aspect of it. She hasn't been a patient. She isn't working in the medical field, but she is a med student. Um, she is kind of ahead in her path, but she was a junior at Missouri State University studying biomedical science. And half of her day was in a lab, doing lab works, doing experiments, stuff like that, and then doing research about it. But not only being a normal student, she was actually hired by the research professor to write research papers and do experiments in labs for him. So that was her job. Although it didn't pay much, it was still so much of her day and so much of her life that automatically got cut out. So she started having to change how she did her work, what she was learning, and kind of in a way put it on hold, which is unfortunate because she was accelerating so fast at her job and her career path, I guess, if that makes any sense. Luckily, she gets to move back into the lab starting on Monday, which is exciting, but even then, you can't have as many people. There's a lot of rules that she has to work around, 
which won't be the same experience, but at least she can get in there again. Um, and then just from two patient perspectives, um, I recently had a doctor's appointment um, and so first of all, I, mean, I had to reschedule it because during COVID it was just canceled. Um, but once they reopened, they called me and they asked me about my travel. They asked me about how I've been feeling and who I've been in contact with and all that stuff. And then a week before the appointment, they called again and asked me if I had a fever, if I'd been traveling, all that good stuff. And then the day before they called and they said, okay, we're going to ask you to bring your own mask. You're going to be checked with your temperature when you get there, arrive 15 minutes earlier than you usually would for your appointment. Um, and then whenever I arrived out in the hallway, they um, hand sanitized your hands. They asked you questions. They took your temperature. And then if you were too early, they would have you sit in the hallway um, rather than the waiting room. And then if you were even um, like 10 minutes late, they would ask you to leave and reschedule your appointment. Um, once you got into the waiting room, there was no magazines, no anything like the water fountain and stuff was all shut down. All the employees are wearing masks. There were tape um, in front of the desk to keep you at a distance. Um, I didn't have to sign any paperwork, but they were cleaning the pens after each use, um, just being very sanitary about the whole situation. And then each of the chairs said like, what are the couches that they have said one person only. Um, so yeah, it was definitely just a much different experience than you're used to going into a doctor's office and almost feeling like you're just feeling welcomed and comfortable, I guess. Not in all, not in all situations, but in most offices, they want you to feel comfortable and at home. Um, the last person I have to talk about, which I feel like I go on and on, there's so many, so many different sides of um, how the coronavirus has changed people's lives and experiences. But the last person I want to talk about is my dad, maybe TMI, sorry guys, but um, I don't want to say he had a surgery because it's not a big deal. He had a colonoscopy just to check up, um, which is a medical procedure. So he had to get tested for COVID. Um, he was asked multiple times um, prior to the or prior to the procedure um, about his temperature, about his symptoms, about everything, just to make sure that he didn't have it. And then he had to get tested, which fifty-year-old man, you wouldn't think would ever complain about something being uncomfortable. But he was like, "Yeah, it was deeper than I thought. The test was deeper than he thought." Um, I didn't go with him, um, but. I think it was in perspective that even fifth-year-old men think this test is very uncomfortable. I've actually had a nasal surgery, so I know what it feels like, and I know it's not comfortable to have something down your throat. But luckily, his test came back negative, and he could have the procedure done. Um, most procedures, you get to have someone come in with you. That was not the case in this situation. Luckily, um, this wasn't a major procedure, and luckily... Um, it wasn't like me or my sister, like he was older. So my sister drove him down there, dropped him off. He went in um, all by himself, had to go through the thing all by himself, which again, um, not the end of the world for this situation, but I would have liked to either, or my sister would have liked to be there just to kind of help him through. I mean, you're getting put down. That's not something you want to do alone. And although we have great nurses and everything, you still want someone there. Um, and then they took my sister's phone number and just texted her whenever he was done and told him, told her where to pull up and pick him up at. Um, and he came right out to her. 
well with the assistance of the nurses of course um but she never went inside the hospital she never did anything which again for this specific procedure not the end of the world but just to think about how many other procedures or circumstances that it would be very scary and hard to go through these procedures by yourself without having your loved ones there to support you um i think that's about all that i want to talk about um i decided to keep this one a little short just because i'm personally done hearing about coronavirus i know it's very important to stay informed but um staying at home and wearing your mask and washing your hands is about the best we can do right now social distance of course um and just kind of focus on the better things at home um so yeah i hope you guys are all staying safe and staying healthy and i yeah i think that's all so i'll see you guys next time